everyone. Welcome back to the fantastic Lady Day podcast. I am your host, Carrie Collins. Yes, we have video this week. Yes, <laughs> I sound probably a lot better than uh, I sounded last time. Um, I literally have not been that sick since 2017, I think was the last time that I had like a full on flu. Um, I did test positive for flu B. Um, and I'm still like dealing with stuff. I feel like this one was definitely, is definitely going to be hanging around for like a month or two. It's all upper respiratory stuff with like congestion and all of the fun things. So I'm alive. I'm here. I am very much behind schedule on recording this podcast, but we're here. I'm making it. Um, thanks for anyone who listened to the last episode. I know it was probably, (laughs) it was probably a little, uh, not the best quality, but I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to have something out for you guys. Um, I don't really know what I'm going to do on this podcast. Like I said, I'm so behind. Life has just been kind of a whirlwind. Um, kind of a little continuation on one of my past podcasts talking about, is your job worth it? I, I want to reiterate, do not make the mistakes that I do. (laughs) Um, you know, when your employers say that they have a open door policy or you could come and talk to me about anything, like you have to be really, really, really careful because those are trap doors. Um, because I made the mistake today. I was in, I don't know. I'm like, my brain is not fully like functioning yet. Like I'm still in like a haze that I'm getting out of. And I made the mistake of telling my lead that I was frustrated. And of course, you know, she has to go ahead and reiterate that to the boss. And so now ipso facto, I have to talk to the boss tomorrow, which it's like, at this point, I'm just like, okay. So don't be like me and don't slip of the tongue. Figure out what you need and what you want first before you do any stupid shit. (laughs) Or just get the fuck out of the job. If the job's not worth it, just get out. Any who's a what's it. um, I thought we would do a fun little... (sighs) This is the podcast. I have been debating on when and how... I'm going to talk about this topic, but I have been wanting to talk about the exes. Um, ah, this is going to be, this is going to be so juicy fruit and I just, I just can't contain it. And so I don't really know how to like jump into it other than to just jump into it and just start talking about my exes because I have come a long way. My husband is definitely like completely different than any of the, the boys, the children that I dated prior to him, um, was not looking good for your girl was not looking good. Also was not looking good on the in-laws in-laws side, because I think that's something that you don't really think about sometimes. And, um, you know, if you're dating a fucked up person they they come from a fucked up family and you're going to marry into that fucked up family and you'll have children with that fucked up family. Like you don't have to be stuck with just the fucked up person. You got to be stuck and strapped to all those fucking stupid ass in-laws. And I've had some very stupid ass in-laws or families of significant others. Okay. So let's just, let's just go through. Oh, why am I nervous? I'm kind of nervous about this. So the first guy that I dated was when I first got to high school, I feel like life just like evolved and changed very rapidly once I graduated on to high school. And, um, 
So this is a, oh man, this, this is just, wow. So (laughs) at this point in my life, like both of my parents were kind of like non-existent in my life. And so I really was floundering. I was really like having to figure out stuff by myself, like way before, like into this point. And of course, you know, I didn't have very good role models for relationships. So ipso facto, I dated a very, very colorful group of people. Um, the first one, let's call him Ryan. Um, I'm going to change everybody's names in here because I don't know if they ever, anyway, I don't know. It's just for, for my own peace of mind. We just need to change names. So Ryan, um, I was a band geek and Ryan was in the band. So a majority of my friends at that time were in band and, um, the group of girls that I was with, we, there was, um, a few of us that were just like moths to the flame with this guy. And he was very like alternative looking. Um, he like had like a undercut, like he had like long hair, like kind of like, um, to here, like just on the top and like everything underneath was like completely shaved. So he was very like alternative. He was very, very, I mean, I thought that he was just so cute and just so out of my league. And, um, so, and I was just like, I was just so like, I I had been on dates with some other guys, but like nothing like, like what I would consider like a boyfriend situation, like an actual relationship. And I hesitate to even call this relationship because can you really be in a relationship when you're like 15, 16 years old? I mean, I don't know. But anyway, so there was a small group of us that were obsessed with this guy who thought he was just like the, the rainbow shot out of this man's ass. And, um, so we were all kind of vying for his attention and I being the more, I don't know, not necessarily reserved, but more shy, not very extrovert when it came to like the opposite sex. I kind of just like stayed back a little bit. And there was a girl that ended up another band person who um, ended up dating him, which was devastating, devastating. Um, to the rest of us who are trying to vie for his, you know, affections and all that stuff. And so this is where a part of me that comes out that I just, I have to take note to because it was a part of who I was possibly was for a very long time. And that is the cold calculating part of me because I mean, there's nothing you can do. He was dating this girl. That's what he chose. That's the situation. So, but in th- one of the other girls that really liked him, like they got into a huge fight. It was became a huge blow up because she knew that she liked him and it was this whole thing and they ended up not even being friends. And, um, but with me, um, I was more of like, okay. I'm just going to see how this plays out because I just had a feeling that they were just so different. Like they were just not even cut from the same cloth. And I was just like, me and him have a lot more things in common than she would like. So I'm going to sit back and I'm going to be in the friend role. So I ended up taking, I knew that he was taking a German class. So I enrolled in the German class. And that's how I was able to get my foot in the door with a friendship with him. And so, I mean, ipso facto, obviously, like, their relationship started, whatever, deteriorating. And I guess at some point they decided to just part ways or whatever. And and that's when I started to sneak in because I came in totally with an agenda. Okay? This was manipulation. Um, and I came in and when we found, we all found out that they broke up 
you know, I came in and was on his side because I already, I put in the time, the effort, the legwork to gain this man's trust. And I was like, oh, I'm just like, just so devastated for him and this, that, and the other thing. And so because of the legwork that I did prior to their breakup, once he did break up with her, I snuck my ass right on in there. And it was kind of, there was this kind of awkward state. So we started like actually like talking and hanging out and things like that. And, um, band, if you've never been in it, if you, <laughs> I could probably do a whole episode on being a band person. Bands are very clicky. Um, you know, certain groups of people don't hang out with other groups of people. And he was part of the percussion section. And so they were kind of like the elite, right? Um, and so I remember he had invited, I guess there was some sort of like, it was just for percussion only, um, like this party at this girl's house. Like, obviously, like, they had gotten, I guess it was, like, a mutual breakup because they would actually hang out. And so, he had, he he got, he was obviously invited to the percussion party. Stupid. And he, being interested in me now, he invited me to go, like, with him. And so, when I get there, they're like, oh, So apparently, like, what I had found out later, it was so awkward. And, like, I was so unwelcomed. It was just, it was ridiculous. Um, But apparently what was happening is, is the girl that he had dated and broken up with um, was trying to set him up with his, with her friend, who was also another percussion person. Um, because I, I guess she was interested in him or I'd never noticed that she was ever interested in him, but apparently I guess whatever, I don't know. Um, and so they were mad at that. I was there because they were trying to set her up with him and then I snuck in there. Um, and so that was just like a whole awkward thing. But anyway, we did end up dating like he asked me to be his girlfriend. Like it was like an official thing. And I wish I just, I, I wish that I wouldn't, I wish I would have bypassed. Nah, no. I wish that I would have bypassed him completely because he was kind of like my first real, opening into like the sexual stuff. Um, like he definitely, he pressured me so much when it came to sex. And I, I was like 15, 16 when I was dating him, he was two years older than me. And I never, I never did. Um, but there was one moment where we were out in his hot tub and I, literally tell you guys like it was minutes from happening and thank the lord like at the time it was it was kind of awkward and weird but like i'm thankful so much these other band girls had come over that were his friends that came over and interrupted everything oh my god it was just like i just remember being in the hot tub and being like so freaked out and i don't know what was like taking him forever maybe he was like having to maneuver clothing and i don't know what he was i don't know what he was doing but um thank the lord thank the lord because i that would have been a big regret that would have been my biggest regret and that ended up being like there was quite a few girls in my class that ended up getting like three of them, three or four of them that ended up getting pregnant, like our junior year of high school. And I'm just like, so glad I wasn't one of those people (laughs) because that was totally going to be me. But, um, but, um, yeah, it was just a very sexual like relationship, which was like really awkward. I think my parents even walked in on me, like kissing him, like being, I was on top of him and like kissing him. Oh God, all these things just kept coming up. Um, but as the relationship kind of progressed, um, I realized that he was very aggressive, um, 
and ending up being like he admitted to like having anger management issues. And anyway, he was, I could definitely see him becoming a domestic violence person. Um, I remember a specific, I don't remember the specific reason why we were fighting. I remember he was over at my house and we were, I was, I think I was trying to break up with him because I, I was just like, so done and over any of his bullshit. And I remember at some point him raising his hand to me and with me, like if I get pushed to a certain place, there's like, there's like a switch in my brain that turns on and I, I become like this fearless, like this whole other person that's just fearless. And so, so, you know, when people try to threaten me, I'm just like, do it, see what happens, do it, you know? And, um, and so, um, there's also another interesting story with this person. So being in band, Again, another band story. We got invited to do a New Year's Eve parade in London. And so <clears throat> when we were in London, we were broken up in groups. And um, one of his other red flags was is he hated all of my friends, just did not like any of my friends, didn't want to be around my friends. Um, when we were, he wanted to obviously be in my group because, you know, obviously we were together, but he was just so like condescending to like all of my friends and just, see, it just, he was just such an asshole and, um, and just the way that he was acting and the way that he was treating my friends. And I was just like, nah, we're done. We are done. And I ended up, uh, telling him that like, nah, we're I can't do this anymore. You're at, you're an asshole. You know, my friend, you can't treat people like this, you know, and he ends up like, it, Oh my God. He like flipped his fucking lid. And, um, I guess I ended, I ended up here. Either he told me or somebody else told me that he was trying to like cut his wrist with a butter knife. And then, um, we had like kind of like a new year's Eve celebration in our hotel and everybody was down in the, celebrity area or whatever. And I remember him coming down and he told me about trying to cut him or trying to kill himself because I broke up with him. And, um, he had drawn on his arm, like his birthday was on new year's day. Um, and so he had drawn like an old man and like a young person kind of like symbolizing like a death of a person like kind of, and I forget all the details, but like coincided to him why he's killing himself and all this shit. And of course, you know, you hear that somebody that you did care about com- trying to commit suicide because of you. And if you're not, you know, and I was just like, again, I'm like 15, 16 years old. Like I'm naive to all of this stuff. So of course I'm, I go back to him you know, and then I think, I think the time, I don't have the timeline of events all, all set in, in my brain, but I think like him raising his hand to me came after that. Like, cause we broke up quite a few times. I remember there was another time where he, where I was, we were leaving school and I was walking out and he was just yelling shit at me while we were walking out and just being such a douche. And, um, but he started coming around again and he was talking to me and we had like a really, we had like a really good talk and I don't know what happened with him or what was going on in his life, but, um, he apologized for the way that he treated me and he was, he was uh, telling me that he was, you know, on medication and antidepressants or something. And that he was, he realized that he had anger management issues. And so he was going to therapy and doing all these things for that, which was great because if that was honestly like him trying to change his life and be a better person, like, like I'm all for that. Um, but my parents were like so nervous. Everybody was like so nervous that I was like going to get back with him. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like this, Like this was my first relationship and it was very, very 
traumatic to be in this relationship. And I needed this closure from him. And the fact that he was allowing me to have closure on it and be accountable for his actions in some ways, like that was a big deal. Um, um, but yeah, my, my mom, there was a point where my mom was, he came to my house and I don't know why he just, he just decided to show up at my house and my mom found out that he was outside and I had to run out because she was on her way to go get the gun. And <laughs> I was like, you have to go. You, my mom has a gun. She doesn't like you. She didn't want you here. You have to go. <laughs> I feel like that was like, it, that just kind of like petered out and we stopped talking. Um, but anyway, um, I did meet his family like one time. He had two like very, very older sisters. And um, uh, the first time I met, I don't know how, I, I'm pretty sure he would have had to have told me, but I'm pretty sure um, like the first time I met his mom, she did not like me at all. Um, she criticized like the way that I dressed. Cause I kind of was a little bit more like alt punk rock kind of style. And I had like holes in my jeans and whatever. And she just didn't like the way that I looked. <laughs> okay. So, um, she was just like his whole family were very vain narcissist. Like, just really horrible, just horrible people anyway. From very little that I interacted with them, it was just, like, so uncomfortable. Like, it was just such a, like, being around them, you could just feel, like, a tension and an arrogance and an entitlement that was just, like, so thick and dodged a bullet with ever, like, having to deal with, with any of those people ever. Um, then... What I like my second boyfriend, I was with actually the longest. He's probably the first real relationship that I would consider a full relationship. And we'll, we'll call him Nate. And Nate, I met right after he came out of drug rehab. <laughs> I feel like we met like a month after he came out of some sort of rehab because he had been taking, I guess he had taken like a bunch of pills or something. And then he drank like a full bottle of something. I don't know. The f I don't remember the full story, but um, he obviously ended up, he was an alcoholic. Um, and, um, and this one, was really the hardest relationship to go through, to recover and heal from. And I'm sure I still have a lot of residual trauma from this relationship. Um, he was a year younger than me, like a year, year and a half, maybe. Um, and, oh, guys. Oh, Nate. <laughs> Nate, Nate, Nate. Nate, um, I was really, it was really, it was really good for a little while. I want to say probably the first six months, it was really good. Um, and then our first New Year's Eve, he got so, he drank an entire bottle of Goldschlager to himself he was like a hundred percent had alcohol poisoning. Um, I mean, you don't drink that much liquor and like come out of that unscathed. I mean, he w was vomiting all night and I, I had my, one of my good friends with me and we ended up just going back to my house and, um, and I had to, I mean, he just vomited like that's all he did for like even the next few days after that. Um, and that really put me over the edge. Like I kind of always had like a, a vomiting phobia or whatever. And, um, and that really like previously before that I had start, what I now understand is my anxiety pr issues 
But like my relationship with him really like really set into motion a lot of that anxiety trauma stuff. Um, and he came from a very, very toxic dysfunction. I mean, dysfunction is light for what I would call. I mean, those people had sexual abuse, trauma, physical abuse, trauma, um, their drug abuse. I mean, I a hundred percent know his mom had to have been at some point in her life. If she's not still like completely addicted to pain medication. Um, like, and I remember he would always tell me like his dad passed away, um, when he was very young, like teen young. And he always said that, um, that God sent him an angel and that angel, you know, obviously was me. And, um, throughout the whole relationship, he kept trying to break up with me or kept wanting to break up with me, you know, stating that, you know, he hasn't had a lot of relationships and he wants to experience, you know, other people and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm just like, why? I don't know. And then, you know, obviously that would be upsetting because I would be more invested in the relationship. And, you know, he couldn't handle a woman crying. And so he would just kowtow and be like, um, he would just kind of be like, okay, let's just keep doing this thing or whatever. And then it just got to a point where it was just easier to be with each other, even though we didn't want to be with each other than to be alone. We didn't, we didn't, we knew we didn't want to be alone, but we didn't want to be with each other. But we just kind of sucked it up. I had a lot of sexual abuse trauma from him. Um, so this is a trigger warning to anybody who has had any sort of sexual abuse. Um, he had a very, very intense sexual desire that I had to fulfill. Um, I remember a lot of arguments being about why I didn't want to um, have sex with him. He was the person that I lost my virginity to. I was 20 years old. Um, and... There's other stuff that surrounded me losing my virginity and having this sexual relationship with this person and that also stems from my father. And so this whole time is kind of, while I was dating him, this was kind of the peak of the demise of my parents' marriage. And so it was the worst time of my life because um, I was also battling um, abuse, very, very strong, intense abuse from my father. And, um, also having to endure his pornography addiction, my father's pornography addiction. Um, and, um, on top of being harassed and sexually abused by this guy that I was dating, which I now understand is truly sexual abuse when you're being, <sighs> it's, 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 it's a tricky situation because I mean, abuse is abuse. You know, if, if you do not want to have sex with somebody, but you're feeling obligated or expected or, um, forced to, when you don't want to, um, there's one significant time where he was just, I mean, he, it was an intense, an intense, intense thing. And using guilt trip and shame and manipulation and gaslighting, um, to get me to, and, and it, I just want to be really delicate with it. Um, and obviously it's something that I have worked through because, you know, um, I definitely a long, long time ago, I definitely knew that I didn't want to carry this trauma and pain in my body anymore. And so I've really done a lot of work so that I can talk about it. Um, but, uh, there was a instance where it was just really, really intense. I just, I don't remember all of the details, but I just remember the pressure of it was just so intense that I just ended up laying on the bed and him just letting him just do whatever he needed to do. And just, I remember just going so numb and 
so dissociated from and just remembering like just trying to be so far out away from my body and um yeah it was traumatic that and I just remember after you know after everything was done I just remember bawling and he it was a weird really it was a weird he's a weird person because he had these very strong urges which I now understand that he had a sexual addiction um he had an addictive personality he was addicted to alcohol he was addicted to sex um and you know I and from what I can kind of remember about the situation I think he understood I don't think he understood how used and how just violated I was. But I think he understood afterwards that that's not what I wanted at all. And it made him feel a certain kind of way. Um, by the time we broke up, I was so gone out of the relationship. I could care less. Like I grieved that relationship a year before we actually broke up. And it was just kind of like just needing just needing a, I had decided that I wanted to move to California and start a life there. And he was like, well, I don't want to do that. And it was just really a reason to break up. I just needed a reason. Like we were just kind of in this role of just like, what the fuck ever. And so that gave us the reason that we both needed to get out of this bullshit relationship. Um, he would always be like really upset because I would never want to drink. And, um, you know, we, oh my God, he would just stay up. We would always go over to his friend's house and they would just every, every night they'd just be drinking. We went to this place called the zoo amphitheater all the fucking time. I hated going like to this day. It's probably why I don't go to concerts anymore. Cause we went to so many fucking concerts. Um, I'm so burned out on a lot of different kinds of music just cause we went to the zoo amphitheater all of the fucking time. I just had a lot of trauma with that. Um, just dealing with his alcoholic part was always so hard. And, you know, he could never, you know, I'd always be like, just, you don't have to drink like 15 things. Like, why can't you just like enjoy yourself, but like not get belligerently drunk. And then that would lead into arguments of, you know, that would lead into arguments about his drinking. Anytime I brought up his drinking, um, hundred percent. I mean, I'd have to be the stupidest fucking person on the face of the fucking planet to think that that man did not cheat on me. Um, there, when uh, there was a certain point where I, we did, because we had such a sexual relationship that I ended up just staying at his house, like pretty much every single night, like basically kind of moved in, <laughs> which is so awkward and weird that I would do that. I don't, I don't know. Um, but, uh, so I would be sleeping obviously at his house all the time and there he worked for a convenience store and, um, there was a girl that started working there and they became friends, which I've never been threatened like that with other females. Um, I'm very secure in who I am, like whatever, don't care. But, you know, she would still, they would still be up doing whatever and she would still be there af way after way after I would go to bed and the way that they would interact. I mean, there's just no, I'm sorry. If you're not interested in a guy, you're not going to be spending all hours of the night at their house. Just you and him. Like after I go to sleep, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just so like they would stay up for hours. Like he wouldn't come to bed until like, two, three, four in the morning. Like, there's just no way that they were sitting in the garage smoking and talking. Like, go fuck yourself. Um, so I'm pretty sure they, if they didn't fuck, they did something. They, they did something together because I mean, all, I mean, he wanted out of the relationship. He wanted to experience like other women, but he wasn't, he, I don't think he was I don't know. I, I mean, I have no way. I never asked him about it. I never 
questioned or anything, um, honestly, probably wouldn't have even cared. To be really quite honest with you. Um, so that's Nate. Nate is a is the biggest was the biggest piece of shit I've ever met, came in contact with in my whole entire life. Him and his fucked up family. Oh, and his sister. His sister. I got when I first met his mom. She, she his mom and I did have a a good relationship. She was not a great person, but she did. I feel. Like she was the only one that genuinely did somewhat care about me to whatever degree that she felt like she needed to. Um, but, um, I, the first time I met his mom, they all warned me about his sister. I have never met a more miserable, horrible, just vile individual. And she, um, she ended up getting divorced. She's been divorced like twice She's just such a piece of crap. Like, she is a horrible person and deserves to just be alone. And um, she ended up, at some point before she got remarried, she ended up, you know, moving, having to move in with um, with my boyfriend's family and his family and everything. And she had a son from a previous marriage. And um, anyway, I would like to talk to her, her ex-husbands and get their tea on their side of the relationship because she was such a piece of shit person and she was so condescending and mean to me and she would say nasty, vile things to me. She would always poke at me about my weight and how I looked and all this stuff and she was a piece of shit. So, uh, yeah, I hope. I hope she lives her horrible, miserable life. Not to be petty, but hope you live a horrible, miserable life. Um, so yeah, that was the second guy. Um, I'm trying to think. So there's two more that I wanted to talk about. (laughs) Um, and I hesitate to really even say that it was a relationship because it was so stupid like we dated off off and on for a year I had come into this group of musicians it was during my musician era I have so many eras I feel like in my life and um this guy I was immediately just physically attracted this man was beautiful and I felt he was so out like there's no way in a million years that this man would ever be interested in me. And eventually I found out he was, um, I met him through this group of friends. I was actually very much in love with another person who we will talk about. Um, but, uh, this first one, I, it was kind of like the runner up, so to speak. I couldn't have the one I really wanted. So I had, I was involved with this guy again, another he smoked a lot of weed and he drank a ton and, um, treated me. Oh my God. I have never been so disrespect. I mean, definitely narcissist. Um, just never been so disrespected by another human being. Um, it's, it's, it's mind boggling that I have put up with the BS that I have put up with from these men. So anyway, we'll call this guy. Um, what are we going to call? Let's call this guy James. And, um, so James, he came just wrapped up in a, in a beautiful package. This man was beautiful and he was a bass player in the band. Um, and, uh, he was a great musician. He is a great musician. He was actually part of um, anyway, so of course I, he, I, he's coming off of him being engaged to a girl who he found out cheated on with one, not one, but two of his really close, but like best friends. Um, and whose, whose name was Mary rhymes with Carrie. So I'm like, ugh, okay. And, uh, anyway, so he already has like all these like trust issues and like, like his world has been torn upside down and he has no business like being in a relationship. And I think I remember him even really kind of expressing 
you know, just wanting to be cautious and like taking it slow, whatever. But it like definitely became very physical, very fast and coming off of the hills of like a very physically traumatic relationship. I just didn't want to, I wanted to change how I was going about relationships and I didn't want to just like be all in like I was. Like I realized by that point in my life that people like if you let them, if you don't set boundaries with people, then you are going to get taken and you are going to get abused. And I was just kind of at a point where I was trying to be more communicative and be more okay with setting boundaries for myself to protect myself. I'm realizing like my natural nature is to just be this open book to every single person that comes in my life and just be a hundred percent in with people. And I'm realizing I cannot do that. The world is not made for people like me who want to be genuine 100% of the time. You cannot be genuine with people because people don't deserve, everybody does not deserve your genuine person. And this person is definitely, the, James was definitely a person who did not deserve any of me. Um, so... <laughs> But I do need to talk about the sex. Okay. It was amazing. I was sexually very, at least on my end, very sexually compatible. And he was pretty adventurous, which I was into at the time. And at that time, I really started letting go. And I was partying a lot more. And, like, I had never, like, really drank. And I was also, during his time, like, I kind of was going through my healing journey coming out of this really traumatic five relationship that I was in. And I really, at this point, I, I was in the middle of a full on healing journey. And I had, I didn't realize that I had evil, toxic people in my circle under the ruse of good healing. And so there was a big fallout with a couple of people that were in my life at the time, which I can talk about in another episode. Um, because you have to be really careful, especially when you're in the healing community, because everybody in the healing community are obviously healing major trauma. And these two women that came into my life, um, had so much just nasty, vile, evil stuff in them that they were trying to also, I'm sure trying to work through and heal. Like, I don't think everything in that, in those relationship with those women Anyway, I digress. So there was a big, humongous fallout in the middle of me trying to be in this relationship with this narcissistic dude. Um, so don't date musicians. <laughs> this is your, this is your, <laughs> this is your uh, PSA. Just don't, just, just don't, just don't. There are, there are not all musicians are bad. There are obviously people in every group of in every community that are genuinely good people. But like every experience that I've had with any of the musicians, <laughs> the, the musicians that I had have been just horrible. Um, so this guy, Oh my God, <sighs> he was just so closed off. And I really don't even, I still to this day have no idea how he felt about me or how he felt about our relationship or like, I just, I always have had to assume he was just so closed off and it just took so much sledgehammering to try to even remotely see a little piece of the sky in his world. And, uh, I doubt that I really ever did it. I don't know what he saw in me. I don't know if it was just a physical thing or what, um, like it would get, it would always have to get to a point of us breaking up or some sort of something for him to communicate some sort of not real feelings, maybe, or just something to say to me to get me to come back, or I don't really know. This is like, it's the weirdest relationship I've ever been in. Um, but I just felt like from the beginning, I felt like I just really had a very intense connection to this person for whatever reason. Um, and so I really like, Within the first month, I was just kind of like trying to set the boundaries. And I told him, I was like, you know, we're going really fast. And, you know, I just came out of this relationship. You're having your own things. I just, you know, 
just want to take a little step back. I don't, it's, it's not like I said that I wanted to break up or not get to know him still or not, you know, whatever. But he took that as, well, fuck you. I don't want any part of this. Yeah, you know, this, that, or whatever. And he just took it as a breakup. And so, like, within the first month, he was just done with it. And then I remember... I don't know. There was some sort of, like... Either there was a tornado or there was some sort of weather or something or a holiday where he, like, reached out and was asking if I was okay. And I was like, yeah. And so that opened the door back up. And so we then we did end up dating for quite a while. And, um, and then I forget how that, we only dated for like a little while after that. And then something happened. I don't remember exactly what happened, but then we ended up breaking up again. And, um, and I remember, I don't, I remember we, I, I can't remember the chronology of everything, but I do remember having a phone call conversation, or I think we were, obviously we had the same group of friends and we went to our friend's birthday party, who was obviously at the house. I knew I was going to see him. So, you know, your girl, you know, your girl just brought it. She brought all of the things to, to get, to make him see, like, did you see what you're missing? I mean, we didn't like end up doing anything together or whatever. We didn't end up talking. We did, both of us did spend the night at my, our friend's house that night. Um, we obviously slept in the same bed. We didn't have a snack or anything, but like he was definitely drunk and like, I, like he I feel like I remember him like taking my like unhooking my bra but like he was such a he was such a horrible drunk person like he would always like fall asleep there's some other is there's some other things that we'll, we'll discuss about that but um but I don't know I think that happened and I think we ended up having a phone call like and this is where I was just like laying it all out on the line because I feel like I was trying to be like, I really like you. I want to be in this relationship with you. I don't understand what's the problem and this other thing. And I feel like that's where, you know, I just really laid it on the line about how he was making me feel. And like the biggest problem for me was like, I had to... I, I never got to meet and I was, I, it was always just me and him. If anything, it was always me initiating communication. It was always me inviting him places. It was always me having to be the initiator to things. He never once took me around any of his friends. I never met his family. Like, like if you're telling me that you're into me or that he eventually did tell me that he loved me in this conversation, I'm like, but that doesn't compute on how you're treating me. You're treating me like we're friends that hang out and every once in a while we just fuck. Like, that's what you're treating me like. You're not treating me like a girlfriend. And he's telling me that he's viewing me as a girlfriend. And so, anyway, we ended up getting back together, of course. And um, so um, there were a few instances. I remember there was one time where... I forget if it was his show or what we were doing that night, but, um, we came back to my apartment and, um, and he was, I, I, I wasn't, I don't think I was drunk at all or no, he was out and he came over to my house cause he was close by or whatever. And he was just drunk as a skunk. And I remember him trying to initiate having sex <laughs> And he was so drunk. I remember. I'm just like, oh my God. I remember, I think he got like two pumps in and like fell asleep on top of me, which I can like laugh about now because it's just so ridiculous. There was another time where we went out and when we came back, like again, I think it was like Norman Music Festival or something like that. And he was just, just beyond drunk. And, um, 
And I was planning on staying in his house. So I, he got out of the car and was going inside. And I guess he just forgot that I was with him. And he literally locked me outside of his house. And I kept knocking on the door and ringing the doorbell and finally realized like he was not going to open the door. Um, but yeah, everything that we ever did, I had to initiate. Um, and I remember kind of like the last straw for me and I, and my fault in the relationship is that I did, I wasn't a better communicator or confrontational being confrontational about how I was being mistreated and how he was treating me in the relationship. Um, but I moved to Norman for this man. Like what the fuck was I thinking? Like he lived in Norman and I got an apartment downtown because I just didn't want to have to bring boyfriends over to my parents' house and do that whole thing when I was like in my mid middle to late twenties. Right. And couldn't really afford any of this, but I was trying. And uh, I ended up moving to Norman because I wanted to be closer to him. And I was definitely put, I, I was always putting more into the relationship than what was being reciprocated a hundred percent. And so my, my final straw with everything was, um, oh no, before that. So I told you like his ex fiance cheated on him with his two best friends. Well, that was another issue that I had because he would always talk about, like, we were finally getting into a really good pace. And I was kind of feeling a little bit more loved and a little bit more accepted. He was bringing me around more people. We were kind of, I was like, oh, this is changing. Like, he's finally opening up. He's feeling more comfortable with me. Like, building a trust, I guess. I don't fucking know. Um, and I remember we were, he was sitting there talking about going to this Wichita's and, like, having, like, going to all these different specific places and doing all these things. And I was just like, oh, this is great. And then he would always, he would always end up saying, yeah, this is what me and Mary would do. And then he would tell me about how they would have like a fight and doing like what their fights would be about on this specific trip to the Wichita's. And I'm like, it was perfect until you had to bring up your ex. I don't give a fuck about your past relationship. Your past relationship has no business being in our relationship. This is a different relationship. I don't want to do the same shit that you... I didn't replace your fucking ex-fiance in your old life. Like, that's what you're not going to get. This is a whole different person with a whole different relationship. Like, go fuck yourself. So that was another issue. The final straw was... I had just gotten so tired of this one-sided relationship and me being way more invested... And so I passive aggressively decided I knew that um, Cinco de Mayo was coming up. I knew that he was probably going to make, I knew either he did make plans or that he was going to make plans. And I was just going to see, okay, I'm throwing this ball in your court. I'm so sick of invite having to be the one to initiate having this relationship. And so I didn't talk. He did not talk to me, you guys for an entire week. He, it, even on the day of Cinco de Mayo, when I knew he had plans that he could have invited me to, he didn't text me until that afternoon. Of course, I ended up like going out there and doing all this stuff. Um, but I was pissed. I was always sick. Like he always made me sick to my stomach. Like I feel like I was the sickest when I was dating him. I just always felt sick to my stomach because I was just so like mistreated in that relationship. And then finally, like, and finally, like after that, I just stopped talking to him and he was, and he finally, like after, I don't even know how many days he called me and he had the nerve to be angry at me saying, you know, this isn't what boyfriends and girlfriends do. Like they spend time together and they, you know, talk to each other. And I was like, motherfucker, you have my phone number too. Why aren't you calling me? Why am I having to chase after you all of the time? Why am I always the one that has all these expectations and has to do all these things? And then when I don't do them, my God, if I don't do what is expected of me, 
then. Holy shit balls. We can't handle it. And then really, instead of like having a conversation and really understanding anything about our relationship and explaining how he feels about me and how whatever this, that, and the other thing, he, it's, it's all my fault. It was all my fault. Um, because he was getting treated poorly at that point. And, um, and he was just like, I'm done. I'm over this. We're done. I don't want to do this anymore. Blah, 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 blah. And he was just stormed off and had a little pity party and posted on Instagram and all this stuff. And, and that's the way that I never got, I have never once to this day gotten any closure or really any understanding about his point of view of that relationship or where his head was at. Or I honestly still have no idea how he feels about how he felt about me at that time. Like he was just such a piece of shit person. Um, and, and really like looking at it back now and, um, you know, and, and do I every once in a while creep on him and see where he's at? I sure do. Last time I creeped on him, I found out that he moved to New York and I'm like, Oh, I can go to, I can go to Norman peacefully now like I kind of just been avoiding that whole area for fear that I would have to like run into him or like be in his presence or anything um and I was angry with him for a very long time because there's just no closure in that relationship and it was but I realized that you know it was very much a narcissistic abusive relationship this person was just he had a lot of trauma like in his life and he came from just such a bad horrible family that um, you know, it just, it was another bullet dodge. Let's just put it that way. I really want to talk about this last one because this isn't a, even a relationship. It was mostly, it was mostly just a friendship, but I think people can relate when you find somebody who you just have such a intense, deep connection with, but they don't choose you. Even though they want you and the idea of you, I think to them is appealing, but in the end, they just don't choose you and you don't know why. Um, so like I said, before this last, before James that I dated, there was a guy who I had met. He was kind of like my initial, like introduction really into the Oklahoma city music scene. And he had, I had been recording and posting music online at the time, um, trying to get into songwriting and all that stuff. And he discovered my music and I don't know at this point, like, I don't know, like most of the interactions, like as a woman in music, like most guys just, they just want to get in your pants. Right. So I don't know necessarily if this was that situation. I would sincerely hope not because I do feel like we did have a really, whatever it relationship was. I feel like it was genuine. I hope it was genuine, but, um, you have to be careful. See, this is what you don't like. Most guys that I interacted with in the music industry, they just wanted to like be in a, like, they just wanted to sleep with you anyway. Um, but right when we met, we had agreed to, he wanted to record some of my music and, and help me with my music and stuff. And right when we met, he had just started dating this girl who would be, end up becoming one of my really dear friends. And, um, uh, yeah, uh, as as the time went on, I realized that I really had strong feelings for him. And it was just, it was the most heart wrenching time because I was just being abused, obviously by James and like, just like being so mis not abused, but mistreated by James, who was really just a placeholder for him. Um, and I, it was just such a heartbreaking thing because I just had such strong feelings and I just don't, it's still to this day, like I think about it. I'm just like, you know, 
I just don't understand. We ended up, I ended up having a full on like confrontation. Like, here's how I feel about you. And he told me how he felt about me. And we both had the same feelings about each other. At least on my side, that's what I felt. We were feeling the same things about each other. And he expressed to me, he's like, you know, but like at the time, the person that he was dating, he has, he had two kids from a previous marriage and she had two kids from a previous marriage and they were living together. So uh, it's not like just in a regular relationship where you break up and you can just move out and go your separate ways. Like there's kids involved, you know, at the time, like, obviously I didn't understand the whole family aspect of, of the thing. But at the same time, I'm like, if you're not like, I think he did genuinely love her and want to be with her. But he also expressed that he wanted to be with me. And I was like, well, that can't happen. Like, I don't, first of all, I don't live in a polygamist realm of life. That is just not something I'm ever going to be into. <laughs> not that he was into that, but, um, but it just, you know, if, if he truly wanted or felt the way that he said that he felt and wanted to be with me, he would have chosen me is what I feel like. And, you know, at the end of the day, he didn't. And that realization broke every single piece of my heart. And I couldn't do it anymore. And I pretty much just ended everything with that whole group of people. I just ghosted. I just went away. I was just like, this is not a good, I can't keep hoping and praying that one day maybe he'll wake up and choose me. Like when I should have been the first choice, so to speak. So, um, and then, you know, years later through the magic of Instagram Obviously, we ended up following each other on Instagram and he messages me and and then, you know, by this time I'm married, I have our daughter, you know, and he says something to the effect of I'm the one that got away. He's married. Can I also preface that he's married too? And uh, and I'm just like, you can't you can't say that to me. Like, I don't know. Like, what are you, like, what are you trying to do? Like, you had your chance. You didn't want me. Like, ultimately, you didn't want me. Like, I think he, I think he had, maybe he had an idea of me that he liked, but like, you didn't choose me. So you can't say that I'm the one that got away. Like, that's hurtful. That's, that's not, that's painful to hear because you didn't choose me at the end of the day, you broke every single thing in my heart because you didn't choose me. You made me think I felt strung along, you know, maybe it was my fault for misunderstanding what our relationship was and how he felt, but it was just, I felt very strung along with him. And I, I don't want to say, like, I don't have any regrets. I love my husband. I'm so glad that I've met him and we've been able to build a life together and everything. But it's like, I go back to those days and I just, sometimes I do think about what if, you know, we would have gotten our shit together. Like, what would that have looked like? But anyway, I guess you can call that the one that got away, whatever. Um, but I wanted to add him in because I feel like that was a significant, like that whole group of people was a very significant shift in my life to me being where I am now. <laughs> so anyway, this has gone on long enough. I appreciate you guys if you're still uh, watching, listening, whatever you're doing. Um, but I've been wanting to record this episode for a very long time and I just thought we needed, uh, I've, I've really gone in deep and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to just, I wanted to just go through the X's because you can't talk about life without talking about the X's and, um, to my husband now, I'm so thankful because 
he really saved me from a very long life of heartbreak and pain and a very long life of, of just abuse. (laughs) He saved me from myself as well. Um, so anyway, don't forget guys, um, you can not only watch us here on the YouTubes, but you can subscribe to the audio on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure that you hit the bell notification so that you can see whenever I upload new videos, uh, new episodes. Um, I try to post every Friday so we can go into the weekend with some flavor, with some tea. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this video. I feel like I'm just kind of off script at this, in this new kind of section of the episodes, but, uh, yeah, (sighs) I gotta go drink some tea or rest my voice because I'm starting to get scratchy, but thank you all. I love you all. And I hope you have a fantastic lady day. Bye everyone.